Welcome to Ikoyi Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast services. Listen and be blessed. We're talking about the power of the cross. The power of the cross. And I would just like to create a little introduction and so that we look at a few things that the cross can do for us. Number one, it is important we look at the purpose of the cross. And in looking at the purpose of the cross, it will open our eyes to what the cross truly represents. Because the cross represents a lot of things to a lot of people. You know, the cross is a place where thieves are hung. Whenever you see the cross, it is a place where thieves are hung back in the days. If you go back, if you go back to the traditional concept of the cross, is a place where they hang thieves. People who are cursed, they hang them on the cross. Because obviously, if you go back to the to tradition, you will understand that when you mention the word cross, for some, it comes to them as a stake. A stake where they impale people, where they hang people. A stake. But for some, it is a pole. And for some, it is a tree. But for some, they call it the cross. But whatsoever we are talking about, we are talking about like a, something that is, a, that is like a wooden structure that keeps a man suspended from the earth. So for some, thieves are hung there. And the Bible says, cursed is any man that hangs on a tree. So anybody who hangs on the cross, anybody who hangs on a tree, is caused traditionally, going back from tradition. Those who have been, de- those, who, those whom they have de- declared caused, they hang them on the tree. The cross did not start with Jesus. So all the, all the noise about the cross and associating it with Jesus, it didn't start with Jesus. The cross had been before Jesus. As a matter of fact, Bacchus, the Roman god for wine, fertility, and agriculture. Who was, of course, before the coming of Jesus? He carried his cross on his head. So the issue of cross had been even before Jesus. So Jesus did not start anything with the cross. Concepts, what people hold about the, about the cross. For some, the cross is an emblem that should be hung in front of the church because it is a way of identifying what is a church and which one is a house. So for some, what the cross represents for them is an emblem of identification that is a church. And if it is not in the front, at the front of the church, then it is placed at the altar to show that this is where people come. And if it is not there, the church in conference will hold a meeting. Say, how can we have a church and not put cross? For them, that is what the cross represents. But for some others, it is an emblem meant to be worn by the bishops and the archbishops. So when you enter the church, when you enter their church, when you enter their cathedral, you see their bishops wearing cross. You see him come out with his cassock. And as he's walking, you see a very big chain. 
and you see the cross dangling. Very heavy, mighty cross. Some of them gold-plated. Some of them silver-plated. But that's what, that's how they know their bishops and their archbishops. They carry cross. It is an emblem for them. For some, it is an act of deliverance. In short, if they don't have cross by, the, by their bedside, they can't sleep for that night. Some of them, over their head, there must be the sign of a cross. Because without it, the evil spirits we attack them that night that they will not be able, they may not be able to wake up the next morning. So for them, that is the that is the significance of the cross for them. It must just be put there. For some, until you make the sign of cross, you have not prayed. Any prayer you make that you did not end with the sign of the cross, you have not prayed. A woman was to inject a lady. And while she was to inject a woman, a lady was to inject a woman, an elderly woman. And as she was trying to inject this elderly woman, the elderly woman said, no, I want a nurse to inject me, not you. I need a nurse. He said, but I'm a nurse. He said, you're not a nurse. Don't I know a nurse when I see a nurse? He said, but I'm a nurse. He said, the mama said, you are not a nurse. So the woman went, changed her dress and wore nurse uniform. And came, he said, hey, now, now they talk, I say, I want nurse. So for some, until they see some certain emblem, they are not it. And obviously, today, in contemporary times, homeboys have started wearing cross. I hope people have started seeing homeboys, homies, who will who sag, bring down their, this thing down, and be showing us their dirty underwear. And they will carry, they will carry cross, heavy one, huge cross, put it, and they are coming. That is how you identify guys who don't arrive. They wear it, they go. Whether you like it or not, they are doing it. Big cross. In short, the kind of cross homies are wearing now. If you carry it and put it in front of a church building, it will still be conspicuous. They are wearing serious cross now. So we are beginning to wonder what makes the cross the cross. What is the significance of the cross? So for some, it is, a, it is an emblem of shame. For some, it is an emblem of a cursed human being. Nobody stands on the... Anybody who they impale on the cross is cursed. But for some, it is an emblem of deliverance. But for some still, it is an emblem for a whole lot of things. Whatsoever the cross represents, it is not the emblem that makes the cross, that gives the cross the potency it carries. It is not the emblem. Because as I was reading the scripture, I discovered that the same mantle that was working in the hand of Elisha, when it entered into the hands of Gehazi, it did not work. The same mantle that Elisha gave to Gehazi, he said, go and put it. It did not work. But when it entered the hands of Elisha, it worked. Turn with me your scripture, the power of the cross. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to 24. The Bible says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, 
but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. We are talking today about the power of the cross. Go back to verse 17. Let's read it again. The Bible says, and I say again, it says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. I want to ask us, what is that cross of Christ? Is it the one that he carried to Golgotha? Is it the cross he was talking about? Ah, there's probably a nabi. Nobody knows where is that cross. Yeah? Is it, was it that cross that he carried? Was it that physical cross he's talking about that would be of no effect? No. It was the pain he went through. The shame he suffered. The passion with which he carried it he was talking about. You know, the cross is not something that people associate with something that is joyous. I have, I've already told you that the cross is a place of shame. The cross, for some, in short, the Bible says it clearly that cost is he who hangs on the tree. So it is an emblem of course. But you will begin to wonder when the Bible clearly writes that lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. You see, when you are talking about the things of eternity, when you are talking about the things that borders on salvation, for others, it is a thing that they can't understand. They can't phantom. How can you be talking about, how can you be talking about eternal realities? For them, it is foolishness. Uh-uh. Is it that you don't understand the age and the time that we are in? That's what they are telling you. But you, you know the cross. Like I was trying to say, I say, how can somebody understand the fact that God has no beginning? You know, the Bible says in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. Abby? Now, where was God before he began to do, before he began to create and to bring about the beginning? Where was the beginning before God began to begin the beginning? Where was God before the beginning began? What was happening before the beginning began? The message we are preaching. How can a philosopher hear this and agree and believe? How can somebody who is, who is rational in his thinking hear this and believe? And, and, and come to terms with it? It is foolishness to them. How can somebody come to terms and believe that somebody left heaven and came down to this earth to die for people? How can somebody come to terms to believe, like I told the youth yesterday? How can Jesus look at people and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing? I, I, I find it hard to believe that, he doesn't, that they didn't know what they were doing. Mature people, they don't know what they are doing and they were killing him. How can we understand this thing? It is foolishness to those who are perishing. But for us, it is the power 
of God. So you will agree with me that the journey to the cross is not a physical thing. The cross we are talking about is not a physical structure. It is not, it does not reside on the emblem. It is not the one we carry on our neck. That's not the cross we are preaching. It is not when you come, you come and we make sign upon your forehead. It's not the cross. That's not the cross. We are talking about the journey of the shame, the, the, the pain, the passion of all that Jesus went through to bring God's salvation. And that is why I want to link you to a few things we can see looking at time. About seven things we can consider from the scripture as we consider the power of the cross. Number one, one of the things the cross did for us was substitution. The cross brought for us substitution. It is called life for life. Jesus Christ decided to die the death that he was not supposed to die so that we would live the life that we're not supposed to live. Did you hear me? The power of the cross helped us to enjoy substitution. So Jesus Christ died the death he was not supposed to die so that we may live the life that we're not supposed to live. He took away our cross. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, what did the Bible say? In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. So, there is therefore now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That was what the cross did for us. The cross of Christ substituted us. The condemnation that we are supposed to have, it substituted us because he went and took for us what, we, what, we, what was duly our reward. Substitution. The power of the cross. So sometimes when you see some people who are enjoying some kind of grace, it is the power of the cross. At times we sit down and wonder, God, how? How can this thing be? It is the power of the cross. How did Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15 put it? In Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 to 15, say, and you, being dead, in your trespasses and, uns and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made a life together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwritten of requirement that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So we who were already dead, he made us alive. He substituted our deaths for life because he nailed it to the cross. He said, having this principality and power, he made a public spectacle of them. People of God, one of the, the first thing the cross did for us is to substitute us. Have you seen football in a football match when somebody is substituted? He was playing before. He was playing before. And somebody's just on the bench, wondering, waiting for the time that he can receive grace to play this match. And all of a sudden, you say, yeah, number four, you are coming out. Number seven, or you enter. That was what God did for us. He, we, we were not qualified 
But he, he took us out of darkness and brought us into his marvelous light. The second thing, the power of the cross avails us is that it has acquitted us and declared us free from sin. Acquitted us. We enjoy grace and declared us free from sin. By, because of the power of the cross, you and I, we now have freedom from sin. Sin can no longer hold us bound. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, Eve sinned, all of us entered into problem. No hope. But when Jesus went to the cross to substitute us, the substitution did not end with just substitution. After substituting us, taking the death that would have died, he said, now, you are free. Can I remind you what he did with the woman, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery? Remember, immediately after the woman came crying, he, he said, ah, any of you who has not committed any sin, let him be the first to cast the first stone. The scripture said everybody left. He said, woman, has no one condemned you? He said, no. He said, neither do I. Will you just go and live a life free from sin? So after the cross has won for us the power of substitution, it also frees us. Freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. In John chapter 8, verse 32, the Bible was clear when he said, you shall know the truth. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. What God did for us on the cross was to set us free. No sin has any, has any hold over us again. We have been declared free. In John chapter 14 verse 6, the Bible makes us to know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So everything God has concluded on the cross is settled. Sealed, signed and delivered. All the charges against us are cancelled. Do you know that when somebody wants to be taken to court and the person who wants to take you to court suddenly says, ah, all the charges are having, no. Cancelled. That was what God did for us by going to the cross. He didn't only substitute us by taking the deaths that would have died, but he also declared that after I have taken your deaths, you are now alive, but you have been declared free. Do you know sometimes some of us are free but we are still struggling with guilt. God, Jesus Christ, by finishing the work on the cross, he didn't only substitute us for us to still be saying, ah, hey, I'm still guilty. When is my own time for my own place? He said, no, I have taken your place. You are now free. The third thing that the cross did for us is that he didn't only substitute us, he didn't only set us free, but he also reconciled us. He also reconciled us. The power of the cross brings about reconciliation. Do you remember that parable of the lost son? Of, the, of that son, the prodigal son? You see how he reconciled back to the father. You see how he came back to the father. That is what God does whenever the cross is at work in our life. He reconciles us. Did you see with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20? The Bible was very clear. He said, for since, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? 
Where is the disputer of this age? Is it First Corinthians 1 verse 20? No, no, no. No, that's not the scripture I want to check. Please read, let's see verse 19. Let's start from verse 19. For it is written. No, let me read from my scripture, please. I'm sorry. I will get it better here. From verse 20, okay, from verse 20. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the beginning of God, in the wisdom of God, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to those, to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign. But this is not the scripture. Before I round up, I'll get it. But this is not the scripture. Talking about reconciliation. This is not the scripture I wanted. But what God did for us is to reconcile us. To reconcile men back to God. To reconcile men back to... Okay, yes. 2 Corinthians 5.18. Now all things... All, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. This he did through the cross. You know, three things I have said. Number one, he substituted us. And after he substituted us, he went ahead to declare us free. And after declaring us free, he said, don't stay where you are. Come and be reconciled back to the fold. Do you know that it is always very difficult for somebody who has been declared an outcast to be able to come back to the system? Am I communicating? Once somebody has been declared an outcast or you have committed one sin and everybody know about it, knows about it. You know, it is, even when, you have been, even when they have said, no, we are forgiving you, it is difficult for the person to integrate again. God said, no, what the cross does is that it will substitute you forgive you and bring you back to the fold. You don't need to live with that guilt. That's the power of the cross. And that is why with God, no matter how heavy the sin of a man is, God has a way of forgiving the man. For time, I'd like to say about, I'd like to say probably two more. Another thing the cross does for us, the power of the cross is victory we have in life. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible talked about what he did on the cross. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 said, Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Victory in life. Anybody who can appropriate the power of the cross is not afraid of anything because he has victory. In Christ, the greatest victory was won for us on the cross. When Jesus said, It is finished, when Jesus Christ declared it is finished, he was invariably saying that those battles of life they are finished. All those battles the enemy wants to bring you away, they are finished. Go and live a life free from sin. You have been declared free and you have been reconciled. Not only have you been reconciled, you have become a part of this family. So you are now victorious. You know, we are not, we are not a part of the kingdom. And we don't, we are not a part of the kingdom and living like people who are not a part of the kingdom. So, 
God has substituted us. We have been substituted. We enjoy freedom. Not only do we enjoy freedom, but by the grace of God, we have been reconciled. And today, we have victory. Number five, redemption. 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 Help me look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. We have been redeemed from every cause of the law. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the cause of the law. Having become a cause for us. For it is written, cost is anyone who hangs on a tree. Anybody who hangs on a tree is cost. So, you know, Jesus Christ just said, okay, for everybody who is going through any cause, I will go to the tree. I will go and hang on the tree. So, he went to the tree. They hung him on the tree. So, what he was saying is that, since I have substituted you, I have taken your cause. So, any cause anybody has, because I have gone to the tree, I have taken the cause. So, there is therefore now, Romans chapter 8 verse 1, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. So, all the cause, all the causes that stood opposed to us, he took them when he went to the tree. When he went there, he took the cause that we're supposed to have, even by that means of substitution. So, as you see all of us here, nobody's under a cause again, because the Lord has taken them away to the cross. Finally, we have not only been substituted, we have not only been declared free, we have not only been reconciled, we have not only received victory, we have not only received redemption, but another thing that the master has given to us is hope for a second chance. Do you remember that thief on the cross? On the cross. That thief was declared dead. As a matter of fact, the thief duly deserved what he got. But just the last moment, just the last moment, he looked at the master. He first turned to his friend. He said, we, who are you to talk to God? Don't you fear God? We, we are suffering for what we rightly deserve. But this one, knows no sin. Sir, please, remember me when you get to your father's kingdom. When you get to your kingdom, remember me. Ah, and Jesus said, tonight, you will be with me in paradise. On the cross, there's second chance for everybody. There's no write-off. There's nobody whose case is irredeemable when the cross is involved. You see, advance, advance, advance. The moment I started talking about advance, all of you started shaking your head. Say, Pastor, leave advance. Talk about other ones. Okay, I will leave advance. Boko Haram. Fulani headsmen. As terrible as they are. If they come to the Lord, the Lord will say, I give you a second chance. How many of you will be happy to know that they are giving advance a second chance? Let me see your hand. Ah. Only two people. Thank God for my pastors. My two pastors raised their hand. And of course, it's me day. The rest of you, I need to pray for you that the Lord will touch you to change your hearts. <laughs> after this message, after this teaching, you won't advance to die. Okay, General, you have joined them. You should die. Jesus, Father, we thank you. But with God, there's second chance for everybody. If you know what that second thief had committed before his time, 
you will, if you were Jesus on the cross, you will say, come on, shut up, come on, shut up, come on, shut up. You think I don't know what you did? You think I don't know the people you killed or the people you kidnapped? You think I don't know the churches or the temples you bombed? Well, he said tonight. He didn't even question him. Say, are you sure of this? Are you sure? Or is it out of desperation you are confessing? Jesus Christ was quick to declare a second chance. How many of you, even you seated, even we who are saying no, how many of you think if God would really look at our life that we deserve a second chance? But on the cross, everybody has a second chance. That's what the cross does. Very beautiful. If God was not to give, if God didn't provide a second chance, who am I to be holding the microphone? Who am I? Who are you to sit here and the fire of the Holy Ghost will not consume you after the sin you have committed? Second chance. That's what the cross does. It's not the emblem we carry on the, on the chest or the one we hang outside there or the one we put on your forehead. Those ones are emblems. Any emblem that does not carry the encounter and the experience of Christ walking in the life of a man is only an emblem. It has no sacrifice and no experience. May the Lord help us in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed. Ikoi Baptist Church is a Bible-believing church located at 5-7 to Latif Jakande Road in Ikoi of Lagos State, Nigeria. You can find us on Facebook at Ikoi Baptist Church or reach the church directly via phone at 0163-20485 and 0163-20486. For more information, please visit the church website at www.ikoibaptistchurch.org. We look forward to having you back next week.